Hello everybody and thank you for joining me today on the Full Circle Podcast, a show that is dedicated to helping you find your way home, back to your authentic, true self. I'm your host, Gillian McMichael. I'm a master coach, coach supervisor, holistic wellness expert and the founder of Full Circle Global. Every guest that I invite onto my show has inspired me personally with their stories of strength and resilience, and I'm certain you will be inspired by them too. Today, I'm joined by Louise Budgen, based here in the UK. She's here to talk about the importance of listening to and trusting your body. After speaking with doctors several times about her health concerns, Louise was informed time and time again there was nothing to worry about. But Louise trusted her body's warning signs and didn't give up. She pushed for more tests and follow-up appointments until the doctors gave her the attention her body was crying out for. At that point, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, which had reached a life-threatening stage. Luckily, she has since recovered and now works as a life coach, leaning on her own experiences to coach other women to become the best versions of themselves. My conversation with Louise demonstrates the importance of trusting your body and knowing when it's time to take matters into your own hands. Listening to your soul whispers, trusting you know yourself best and having the courage to speak your truth. I hope after listening to this episode you walk away with some valuable lessons about listening to and trusting your body. So please relax, get comfortable, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Louise, to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. It's really good um, to be talking to you again, and welcome to the show. Lovely to be here, Gillian. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So we've known each other for a Approximately about six years, I think. Is that right? That's right. Yes, I retrained with you back in 2015. That's right. When you came on our co- one of our coach training courses. So um, obviously our relationship has evolved and I'm just really thrilled that you're here today to share your story with us. And I think I can introduce you, if it's okay to do so, as a twice cancer thriver. Is that the right term? Yeah, (laughs) I absolutely love it because we can't rewrite the past and I have had cancer twice, but I really am thriving and I want that to be a message that that comes out. That's amazing. And today, obviously, we're going to be talking about the kind of listening to and trusting your intuition. And I know that intuition and really listening to your body and trusting your body has been a really big thing for you over these years, hasn't it? Absolutely. And I would hand on heart say that connecting to what I call my soul whispers has actually saved my life three times. So it's so important that people get get into the get into the swing of trusting their own intuition and their body and when the mass the messages are being sent the nagging niggles as I call them you know take notice take notice I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your story you know in terms of what led you to really listen to your body in that way yes I got connected in the first time when I just knew that something was wrong and professional people kept telling me that was not the case but the nagging niggle just didn't go away and and it's only when you realize that 
you what you know, you know. You're 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 being sent these whispers, you're being sent these intuitive hits. And so when I pushed forward onwards to to get some clarity around what I thought was wrong, a, a golf ball size of tumour of cancer was found. And I think the professionals were as surprised as uh, as they could be in, under the circumstances of having told me I was actually neurotic and, um, you know, there was no cancer. So that was the first time. Second time was taking myself off a very heavy chemotherapy treatment plan. And I am all for chemotherapy. I did go on to have chemotherapy with my second block of cancer, but the first time round... I was really getting, not soul whispers, soul screams saying, if you carry on with this, Louise, it will kill you. The breast cancer is not going to kill you, but the chemotherapy will. And it was so clear, Gillian, I just knew I had to stop. And I knew in stopping that radical responsibility, radical self-care was what I needed. And I felt guided to that by my own body and by my own intuition. So... It really put me in a very good position when unexpectedly, it, a couple of years later, cancer was found in my lymph nodes, and which it shouldn't have been there. It had actually been in there for two years. The test they did to say it wasn't in my lymph nodes actually had been incorrect. So my intuition led me to that as well. And I'd been to the doctor many times and I'd kept saying something's not right. I'd had scans, didn't show anything. And I'm not saying you shouldn't trust scans because you should, but on this occasion, my nagging niggle did not go away and yes, I'd got cancer in my lymph nodes. So that's a little backstory of, of how I I really trust my intuition because I do think it's it's saved it saved my life. And that sense of, you know, kind of you having to go back to, to the doctors, to the consultants and to kind of keep telling them that you knew something was wrong. Can you tell us more about that? I can because I think it's so important, especially women of a certain age because we can get labeled as you know hormonal neurotic and that's actually how i was being treated and but i knew and and so i think this was as much about me finding my own voice as well because that's something that i've i've had a, not had a problem with but all my life i've sort of been very able to just okay well whatever and and actually really had to stand tall and really think no this isn't right and and voice my opinion and and believe my opinion to be the correct opinion and they had to listen and so I think that was part of me really you know coming into the person I am today really sort of banging my chest saying hold on a minute you know the last conversation I had with the doctor was he said with very sort of sad eyes, you're just being hypersensitive now, Louise, to your cancer coming back. And then within a week, finding out that I'd got um, cancer in my lymph nodes. So we need to we need to find our voice in these situations because it can save your life. Don't die of ignorance. Don't die of somebody else's. They don't mean to be um, misguiding you, but when you know, you know, and it's it's that's what it's there for. It's telling you. And that sense of finding your own voice, how did that feel at the time, you know, when you were kind of battling and, and kind of pushing for, I suppose, in a sense, to be heard? Absolutely to be heard. And I think um, at the time I've got this, um, I want to write a book and I've always said I do want to write, you You know that, I've shared that with you. Yeah. And and the book at the time, because as you know, they evolved, was called, um, well, it has, to, it has to be called Dying to be Heard because I'm literally having to almost die to be heard. And that was a big motivator for me because you shouldn't have to. You should, you should know that when you present yourself with this knowing that you will be heard. And 
my doctor's practice definitely um, got shaken up um, by this. And, and now I have a very different relationship with, with my doctor, who was, was mortified, quite frankly. And um, yes, so it's... Oh, at the time, it was like I was being driven to be heard. So I didn't really overthink it, Gillian, to be honest. I just knew that I had to be heard. And I suppose, you know, because you've had this experience now a few times, you know, I know you talked there before around radical self-care, kind of radical responsibility. And I'm curious around, you know, could you share more about that in terms of what did you do in terms of your radical self-care? Because I know you looked after yourself in different ways at different stages, didn't you? I did. Um Coming off the high-speed chemo train, I knew I had to take radical action almost to balance up the decision I'd made. And so I I cleaned my act up completely in terms of what went into my body, what went onto my body, what was around me in my house. So I, I did actually go very strict vegan because all the books that I was reading and research were saying that was very good. And... I'm not so strict now, I do eat fish, but at the time it felt right and it was a very easy thing for me to do, which made me made me think it was the right thing for me to do. I also got into meditation, I got into really nourishing my mind, my body and my soul. So I really took time to, to connect to myself and look after myself, Julian, because I had never done that before. I was always you know, number 10th priority on the list. So yes, I'd walked in nature every day and thoroughly enjoyed that up to this point. But I walk in nature now and I'm so connected to it. I know I get a real energy buzz from being in nature. Mm-hmm. And, and that is is a part of my part of my self-care. So I did lots of things to to nourish myself. Because I know your life was quite different before. You know, you trained to become a professional coach. You had a different business didn't you where I suppose life was a bit more busier a frenetic a bit more kind of full-on would you describe yes I always think back to that um stage in my life where I I was a network marketer where I was networking literally at breakfast meetings at six o'clock in the morning at lunchtime and doing evening trainings things like that and I was juggling a lot of plates. My children were a lot younger then. And I was just here, there and everywhere. I was so disconnected from who I was. I didn't know who I was. And I think cancer allowed me to to get connected, connect, get connected into my soul whispers, really listen to, to who I was and, and how I want to be in this lifetime find my purpose I mean retraining as a coach came off the back of a of a car accident and it was that mind-body connection when I had a treatment called eye movement desensitization and reprogramming EMDR for short that I was just I was blown away wow how can the physical body and the mind do this to each other and so hence that led me to lots of reading and then bumping into the lovely Debbie Green and then finding full circle to to train with. And obviously since you've trained and then since you've started to reshape your life as you've been, I suppose, working through your treatment and, and getting healthy again, you talk about these, uh, which I think is lovely, by the way, these soul whispers. So I love that kind of statement. And I'm wondering, what do you mean by soul whispers? It's that, I've done a big sigh, sorry. It's that, it's that <laughs> lovely feeling of of knowing that you're being guided 
Mm. You're only guided when you are aware enough to listen to what, what is actually coming, rising up within you. That's how I, how I, how I can describe it. And, and it's happening to me more and more. I think the more conscious I've become, the more aware I've become. When I get a soul whisper coming through, it's almost like a direct message. It's lovely. Mm. Really lovely. And I suppose that sense of finding your voice, listening to yourself is tied up in those soul whispers in many ways. Absolutely. The cancer, I call them the cancer time, the time zone of cancer, has been a real learning period in, in my life. And it, it feels like I was put on a, on a really fast track learning accelerator type program. And it started with the connection. And it has all been about finding my voice. It has all been about releasing what's gone before your childhood, you know, mother-daughter relationship. All the things that as adults we can we can keep we can keep hidden away because we think, well, that was then and I don't need it now. But they do rise up. And so finding my voice and stepping into, into Louise as Louise would like to be rather than the Louise who thought that was how she should be. So I've, it's mm. like I've cleared the decks. It's like I've, cle- I've, cl- I've had a good clean out, Gillian. <laughs> it sounds like it. And I've heard this before from others as well, this sense of really decluttering life in general. So not just in terms of the nutrition, in terms of the food and maybe the cutting down of alcohol and so forth, but actually the emotional release as well. And it sounds like that's what you were doing there. Definitely. I would say I've had a, a complete life declutter and that is, you know, physically as in actually the house completely got decluttered um, because as we know, it's we're all energy and, and having things around us that, that don't give us energy or take away energy is not good. So done a lot of energy work in the house. And as I said, diet wise, I used to drink a lot, Gillian. I very rarely drink now. And when I do, I... I had a drink on Saturday and, and the next day I thought, no, it's not for me. I didn't drink a lot, uh, by the way, either. But so, yes, I do think I've had a whole life declutter. And that's for my emotional, my, my physical and my spiritual well-being. And, and I'm in a really good place. I feel I feel really good. I've got a lot of energy and I just feel happy. And, and, and I, I have a lot of joy around me and within me, which I had not had before. So it's like I've had an energy, joy, happy upgrade. Sounds fantastic, to be honest, Louise. What I'm curious around is that decision to, and these are my words, is is that sense of you taking responsibility for yourself and really owning who you are. Yeah. And would you describe the Louise now, I know you said that there's lots of things that are different, but in terms of that sense of real connection with yourself, tell me more about that. How did you go about really introducing yourself to yourself Louise as you are today I mean as you know this sort of work it's it's not just a decision and then it happens it's like an unfolding and it's the trust that you have at the beginning to allow that unfolding to happen that takes you on this journey to self really and Mm -hmm. a big part for me um, last year when Covid came was actually announcing to myself out loud and I think I told you at the time and everybody else in my life I'm just surrendering I I thought I was going to go back to business last year and COVID came and I just had this sense that I was guided to just let go of of life just just be in the moment and that was 
absolutely fantastic for me because it didn't mean I didn't do anything and I hung around in a hammock all day. That's not what happened. As you know, I did your wellness coaching and meditation training with you. And I also did became a certified Oracle card reader. So I was busy, but I was busy doing things that I was guided to do that I that were filling me with joy and happiness. And I do think that helped me get a, a deeper connection and sense of self because mm. I let go of but I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I and I just what was, I just was being in my life and bringing things into my orbit that that really made me smile and, and enjoyed. And I think it's interesting because, I mean, I think COVID has made us all kind of stop quite sharply, you know, and kind of really put the brakes on in terms of life. And I wonder, you know, this time that you've just described there, would you describe that as a time for you to heal even further or even more? I think that was the most precious healing time for me. And I like to think it was divine timing for me, which it clearly wasn't. Um, But I'm just so pleased that I was guided to to take that decision because with cancer, you know, there's no, it's not a linear, you know, you'll be fine after a certain amount of time. It, It doesn't work like that. And everybody's so unique and... I wasn't ready because I needed to do some work on actually acknowledging and accepting I had had cancer, not once, but twice, which I realized I hadn't done. And so last year was a, was a really fantastic opportunity to heal, to heal that and so much more. So yes, it absolutely was a fantastic time for healing. And over that period of time, in terms of your healing process, because, you know, healing comes at us at different stages in our lives and it felt like you said it sounded maybe that that was the right time for you at this particular time to, to actually even step back even further and of course you did trainings and you you, you described there you looking into your oracle cards and a range of other different programs wellness meditation but what did you learn through this process that your body is an amazing piece of equipment shall we say that that actually we should allow to do what it can do best and for me that looked like in that period of time that actually I was really tired Gillian like really tired and and I wouldn't wake up I wouldn't wake up until say 10 o'clock now rather than the old Louise beating herself up well that's really lazy but I just I was allowing my body to take the time it needed to do whatever it needed and I feel very lucky to have been in a position to be able to do that so that was a big a big healing process because our body our body needs to rest and you know my body's had a lot of intervention it's had a lot of trauma physical trauma and then it's had um you know big wax of chemotherapy as well so i think the time for me was so it was so it was such a gift to be able to give the gift of time to my body yeah because if i, I hadn't i i I think I would have got to this stage I am now, but not not right now. I think it would have been a lot further down the road. So there's something again there, isn't there, then around paying attention to what your body is telling you. Absolutely. And allowing yourself to to listen. And that comes from that connection. I, I do I do really believe that. And this sense of surrender. So you, you mentioned that this letting go, and I just have this vision of just falling backwards into to somebody to catch you, so to speak. But this letting go and surrendering, we do hear these words a lot. But what did it mean to you? It meant stop trying to control anything. 
And when I say anything, I, and I, I think this is very common with people that have got cancer, you think you can control whether cancer is going to come back. So this was a biggie for me within that surrender period. Obviously, I have no control over whether the cancer is going to come back. I can only focus on putting myself and my body and my mind and how I, how I show up in the best possible position. And when I, when I let go of the need to try and control my future, that was another wonderful door that opened to, to another level of, of relaxing because I trust, I trust Julian that I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to see all my grandchildren, haven't got any yet, haven't got any children married yet. <laughs> I'm supposed to see all my grandchildren and I'm supposed to do the work that I'm doing. So it allowed me to, to let go of, oh, but what if? And that yeah. on a day-to-day basis puts you in a much more relaxed just open sense of being. Obviously, I do a lot of meditation work and teaching around meditation and, and how, you know, mindfulness was and how the mind works. And and there is this sense that most of us spend our time thinking about the past or thinking about the future. And those what if questions are always posed there. But it feels from what you're saying, and I think you described it before, is that, you know, you really kind of settled into being in the moment. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you know, it, it wasn't a case of being in, in a past present moment. I'd, I'd, you know, the past was the past and I wasn't bringing the future into, I wasn't future proofing either and, and thinking in five years and 10 years, I wasn't doing any of that. I was literally being in the presence. And I think that's the letting go bit and letting go of the control that allowed me to just, yes, to just enjoy the present moment. And you said that you, you learned a lot of things. So what other things did you learn through this process about yourself? Oh, what did I learn? Oh, that's a good question, Gillian. I learned so much. It's quite incredible. I mean, I learned that actually self-care should be non-negotiable. Absolutely non-negotiable. You should start your day with your self-care plan at the forefront of your mind, not something that you're going to do two weeks before you think you're going on holiday because that's not the sort of self-care this. This is the sort of self-care that that happens from within and gives you that that outer glow. And people keep saying to me at the moment, you're so energized. I just can feel the energy coming off you. And I know that that's because I've done the inner work on my mind and, and on my body. You know, I function function um, as a body um, in a really wonderful way now, not like I did before. Um, so coming back to what have I learned, I, I've learned that I have got a very important purpose in this life. And that's why I need to be here. I need to trust that I'm going to be here for a long time. So I've got a lot of people that I am here to help. I, I've i got a lot of love and I love to live my, my, my life from a place of love because, you know, I've just chatted about this before, but the ripple effect of, of your own being in this world, you, it's, it's infinite, isn't it? You don't know where your words, you don't know where your actions are will finally land and I learned that and and I love that because life is it's just great Gillian honestly great I can absolutely uh, agree with that completely in terms of you do have that glow which is amazing I know that you love to read and I know that books have been quite a firm foundation in your involvement over the years and so I'm wondering who's who has influenced you because I know you said that you know living your life with love so who's influenced you over the years I suppose as maybe aided as a teacher 
in many ways? There are many. I have hundreds and hundreds of books in here. And my husband said, uh, actually, last, do you not think you should have a bit of a clear out? I was horrified. I said, no, <laughs> never, <laughs> ever. So my really lovely book, Marianne Williamson, Return to Love, had a, a profound effect on me. And, and that's not a new book on the on the block, so to speak, but mm. that was a wonderful book to read. I also, um, in the early, actually this before cancer, actually, Rebecca Campbell had a fantastic effect on me. She's done Light is the New Black, and and I'd finished that book. I finished it really quickly, and I flipped to the back, and I thought, right, I need to link into this girl. I need to learn more about her, and it just so happened there was an event within about two days of me reading that book for her next book, which was Rise, Sister, Rise, and, and I went to the event, and it was phenomenal. I, I absolutely loved it. And that was one of those synchro destiny moments where I just knew I was supposed to be in that room because how I didn't even know about this author until the week before. Um, so she's Rebecca Campbell. I love Kyle Gray and the, just so many. Um, just looking over there. The, all the greats. I've, I love all the greats. I love um, Joe Dispenza and Greg Barden. It's interesting, isn't it, about synchro destiny? Because I'm a firm believer that, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so obviously the Rebecca Campbell experience, you read the book and the next minute you're at one of her workshops. And, you know, it's as though that the, everything just seems to fall, I suppose, it just aligns. And it's beautiful when it happens. And I suppose that's about living life in flow and being in flow with with that synchronicity. So that can connect you more I suppose, to your destiny. Absolutely. And I, I've i seen that unfold now for myself on many occasions. And so it's it comes back to that trust, Julian. I, mm. I don't live in a place of fear of, um, you know, am I going to be successful with my business? Da, 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 da. No, because I'm trusting that it is all unfolding and it is absolutely all unfolding. So when you can live in that place of trust and, and allow what's going to happen to just happen, your state of being is remains the same. So it remains in that place of joy and happiness because you're not stressing, you're not putting yourself into a fear place. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that is definitely yes. flow. I, I've, I think I'm experiencing that at the moment, an energetic yeah. flow. And I suppose that sense of taking away that control as well and not needing to control everything just allows you to be much more in flow and much more in the moment. Definitely. And I think I could have probably in the past described myself as a complete control freak. So it's been a huge turnaround. <laughs> it's been a full circle, Gillian. <laughs> I knew the name had come in, come in handy at some point. <laughs> Amazing. So obviously your life has changed and your approach to life has changed in terms of how you were to who you are now. And I wondered, listening to yourself talking, how do you feel about the journey that you've had so far? And obviously it's not over yet, you know, you're only part way through it, but how do you feel about what you've experienced so far? I feel grateful and that's probably an odd word to put with cancer, but had cancer not come along twice, after the first time, I, was, I wasn't ready to, obviously, because it had to come back another time. Um, I feel grateful for all the opportunity that cancer has given me to get connected and to, and to meet who I was always potentially able to become, but for one reason or another was, was blocked in doing that. So yeah. I think grateful is, um, 
is the right word. It's a lovely word, isn't it, to use? You've done your coach training, you've done all your other development work, and now you have just, I think January, is that right, just launched a new side to your business. Is that right? Yes. I, I decided, well, I was guided in January to join a business accelerator program because I I needed to learn um, more about the more up-to-date marketing, shall we say. I'm a more of a traditional <laughs> marketer. So the, the online marketing and the messaging and things like that. And I just launched really probably back in April now. And I've got a lovely program called Extraordinary Life Success. And I'm helping coaches and entrepreneurs to really make sure they are whole themselves in their in their own mind, body, and soul, and 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 help them then to see how this can affect their business. So if they're not having the success they want in their business, that there's it's because they haven't found that extra. They haven't found they haven't explored what that might be. They haven't certainly haven't embraced it and. I'm all about let's find that extra, let's express it and let's really shift your life up from ordinary to extraordinary because as you know, it take, takes courage to step out and, and be a coach and the training and the experience and everything else that goes with it. So you want to be your best self. You you want to be ensuring that you are a really positive, vibrant ripple effect for your own clients so they can then go and do it for their clients and that's a passion of mine. I, I do want people to be their best soul self. And that extra bit, the extraordinary, I think is amazing. In terms of, you know, thinking about, you know, this, I suppose, still listening and trusting to your body in many ways, how have you applied that to you launching the business in January? So I'm very lucky in the fact that I've worked from a studio, which is literally about 100 meters away from my house. And because obviously now a lot of my work is on Zoom, I've been really mindful to keep that work-life balance in check, you know, daily walks and meditations and fitness. And it's actually working really well. And because I'm not zooming around the place doing networking or anything like that, actually it all seems to be coming together and it and it really suits me. I've got a client coming in this afternoon and, and it seems a bit weird, quite frankly, but it could be lovely to see her. But um, yeah, it's... It's that balance, isn't it? But it's a natural, I'm in a natural rhythm now with it. So it's lovely. Yeah, natural rhythm. Amazing. And this um, ripple effect, you know, this sense of serving others, just tell me how, you've talked a little bit about the extraordinary, but tell me how you're applying that to yourself as well, the extraordinary bit. Daily, I am very grateful for all that I have in my life so to me that is a is a massive extra and it and you know i'm sitting here in this beautiful studio i'm looking at and i've I've got so many um beautiful things to look at and to me that makes my life extraordinary i and my two sons created um you know beautiful flower bed just outside this studio and it is absolutely full of daffodils and the daffodil is actually called Professor Einstein. Julian, just thought you might like to know. Loads of tulips, <laughs> loads of different colours. And that is, you know, we created that. And that is part of my own extraordinary life because the nature that comes from that, and I'm regularly out there just staring down the middle of a tulip. It's uh, it's just so beautiful. And then we've got birds and we've got... So I feel in here, this is my extraordinary life. And I know it wouldn't be for everybody, and but for me... 
it absolutely is. And I can at any moment in time put my walking boots on and go into a beautiful forest and be amongst these amazing mm. pine trees and oak trees. And that's, but then also in intermingled with that is doing this fantastic work for other people. So to me, I am living my extraordinary life because it, it, all of it fills me with, with joy and happiness. Yeah, and I can hear that in your voice as you're speaking. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I'm really excited about your business and I'm sure it's going to be an amazing success. Now, just as we're drawing our conversation to a close, I wondered if I could ask you a few more questions. I've been asking everybody the same questions. The first question is, if you could have one key lesson that's been your biggest lesson that you've learned so far on this journey, what would it be? It would be listen your soul is whispering or screaming at you all the time it never switches off it wants your soul wants you to be happy wise healthy joyful wealthy it it's there as your own personal guidance system so so listen get and if you can't listen then get quiet and really really listen that would be my one lesson and we know that life has wobbles and ups and downs because we've all experienced them and no doubt we'll continue to experience them as we move forward in our lives. But when or if you have a wobble in the future, what will you say to yourself to get yourself back on track? I'd say, right, let's go for a walk. Let, let's get connected. Let's get connected to nature. Let's have some quiet time and let's get connected. There's no need to wobble. There's no need to live in fear flip the coin. I, I love the idea of a coin's got fear on one side and love on the other. Let's get that coin flipped back over to, to the place of love and take yourself out of the fear zone, Louise, because that's not helpful for anybody. That's lovely, Louise. Thanks. Thanks for that. And finally, obviously, we've got people listening. So what advice would you give to those that are listening who perhaps have lost their connection with their intuition or sense of trust? What advice would you give them? I would ad advise them to trust that they haven't lost connection. It's just a bit of a dodgy connection at the moment. So a bit like Wi-Fi, um, <sighs> that they have the tools within them to get connected. And if they decide that that's what they want to do, then there are people that can help them get connected to, mm. to do the work because it's available to us all. But you have to make the decision that to be connected is really important. Yeah. And I suppose listening to those nagging niddles, as you described, you know, they don't need to be as serious as cancer. They could just be general niggles, but but really listen and to maybe seek support as they might need. Absolutely, Gillian. Yeah. Do not ignore a nagging niggle because it is there for a very good reason. It's niggling at you because it wants you to listen. Yeah, to pay attention. Thank you. Oh, Janelle Louise, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing all what you have. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you today and I've learned a lot from you and I hope our listeners have done the same. Thank you for listening today. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review and subscribe to be notified each week of new episodes. Until next time, stay well and remember, if you have a wobble, breathe in, trust and breathe out, self-doubt. <laughs>